What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Welcome back to the show. All over the world, the climate crisis is on everyone's mind. Last week, millions of activists and concerned citizens took to the streets for a global climate strike, urging leaders to take meaningful action towards curbing catastrophic climate change. So what does this have to do with the fashion industry, you may be asking? Well, a lot, actually. It's widely known that fashion and apparel manufacturing is the second largest polluter in the world next to oil and gas. From the chemicals it takes to transform raw materials into textiles, to the amount of water required to produce a single t-shirt, fashion's dirty secret is no longer a secret. Today, we're continuing our pre-coverage of WEAR Conference. That's the World Ethical Apparel Roundtable Conference coming up October 7th to 8th in Toronto. Hosted by nonprofit Fashion Takes Action, WEAR aims to bring together sustainability experts, thought leaders, and decision makers in apparel to uncover how the industry can improve practices to move fashion towards a more conscious and circular future. Last week, we spoke with Stephanie Benedetto from Queen of Raw to find out how her startup is turning pollution into profit by creating a global marketplace for dead stock and overstock fabrics. Today, we're going to be hearing from Chris Homer of ThreadUp to discover how the California company is bringing Silicon Valley innovation to the secondhand market. It's an interesting conversation that delves into how data science and artificial intelligence is improving and optimizing re-commerce. Here to dive into it with me is Chris Homer, the co-founder and chief technology officer of ThreadUp. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. It's great to be here. So for those who don't know, who are you and what is ThreadUp? I'm a co-founder and CTO of ThreadUp, and ThreadUp is a largest online consignment store for women's and children's clothes. Our mission is to inspire a new generation to think secondhand first, and we're doing that by building the largest fashion resale platform uh, to connect all sorts of suppliers of apparel to all the buyers that will demand that apparel. Uh, core to our mission is fighting fashion waste, and so a big part of what we think about is what are all the different ways that we can help reduce the amount of apparel that goes either unused or ends up in landfills, as well as how to defend your wallet and save you money from waste in the fashion industry? Yeah, and so you're based in San Francisco, where there's a lot of technology companies, as well as some great secondhand stores. What opportunity did you see bringing technology to the secondhand market? Sure, it's a great question. We we actually started in Boston originally, but then moved out to San Francisco soon after. When we started the company, it was really trying to solve a problem that we identified in the market where to clean out and upgrade your closet, there just weren't a lot of good options. You know, at the time, this is 2009, at the time you had eBay, Craigslist, you had local consignment stores, but the experiences on all of them just wasn't what uh, we thought was possible if you started to introduce technology in in an effective way. We could literally had the experience of trying to clean out our closets and take clothes to a consignment store. And that experience in person of them going through your clothes and ultimately having nothing accepted because your clothes don't match their style and what they're curating just really showed us how uh, inefficient the market was. And so we thought, by introducing technology and making that the foundation of what we do, you know, how can we make it a fun, easy, and, and trusted experience for both buyers and suppliers and position ourselves in a way that we can make it incredibly convenient to upgrade your closet? 
You know, it's so interesting. There's a consignment store in the neighborhood where I live in Toronto. And every time I bring some bag of clothes or every time I see other people bringing bags of clothes, everyone's always really kind of shocked at how discerning they are when they go through your clothes. You're thinking, oh, great, I'm going to make all kinds of money off of my gently used items. And then they end up selecting one or two things and it doesn't make you feel the best. (laughs) No, I I think that's exactly right. And, And that's the experience we had is, the job, the way we think about it is like the job our suppliers, our customers are hiring us to do and they supply to us isn't just to make some money, it's to clean out. And when all they're taking out of 20 items is two, three items, they're just making it very hard for you to clean out in a sustainable, eco-conscious way. And so, you know, at our core, we think of ourselves as an operations and logistics company if the backbone powering how this resale market can scale. And so our goal ultimately is to be able to accept everything and find the appropriate home to maximize the value for the supplier. And for some items, there isn't much dollar value left, but at least you've cleared it out and found a place where you've cleared it out in a sustainable way. And for many items, there's an incredible amount of value. And so for us, the unique challenge of that from a technology standpoint is, is really about the fact that every item gets essentially treated as unique. And so from a technology standpoint, um, that's been a big focus of what we've invested in is be able to handle any item that comes through our doors. And so there are a lot of resale services available on the market, including Poshmark and Depop. What do you think makes ThreadUp different? It's a huge market and a growing market. The resale market we expect uh, to grow from a $24 billion market now to doubling in five years to close to $50 billion. And so there's a lot of opportunity for many different uh, businesses to solve problems for customers. Um, the way we think about ourselves is we're the broadest and largest in terms of our ability to accept anything. And so you've got Poshmark, you've got the Real Real. there's different players that are out there. But what they bring to the market is certainly different. So, you know, the real real, for example, is handling mostly luxury goods. And so what they accept is a very narrow set of inventory. We can accept everything they accept and everything else. Um, When you think about Poshmark, it's peer to peer. And so what we realized early on as we were founding the company and figuring out what the right service was to offer is when you do peer to peer, you really narrow the selection of suppliers, the types of suppliers that are going to engage repeatedly and over multiple years with your platform. And, you know, for us, what we want to be able to do is serve everybody in the U.S., everybody um, that we go to eventually internationally. So the way we think about ourselves is solving almost a different problem than some of the other players. And so the experience is different too, as I understand it with ThreadUp, you get a kind of bag to fill and then you get paid up front for that. Whereas with Poshmark and some of these other services, you kind of have to babysit your items in their electronic life and make sure that they eventually find a home and you don't actually get paid until you sell something. Do I have that right? Mostly. uh, We actually changed recently to pay on sale. So what we found is that suppliers would rather be paid a little bit more, but, you know, be paid when the item sells rather than getting a smaller amount up front. And we did that through some experimentation around learning what the preference was. But uh, in total, yeah, your characterization of the bag and it's got a FedEx label on it and you don't pay a thing to send us to clean out the clothes, to get them out of your house and clear space in your closet. You don't pay a thing that comes to us. And then we inspect them photo 
photograph them, tag them, put them online and sell them um, and try to maximize the value for you. You don't have to babysit the item through the process. You can if you want to. There's prices you can adjust and and you can ask for it back if you decide you're not going to sell it for what you want. You do have control, but the vast majority of our suppliers come to us for the convenience of just simply trusting us to take care of the process for them. Yeah, and for people who are coming from the technology side of things rather than the fashion side of things who might not know about the kind of sustainability challenge that we're facing, some people might think, well, why not just donate my clothes to the local value village or the local kind of charity? So what's the problem with donating? In and of itself, there's no problem with donating. We actually allow you to request a bag that's a donation bag where you can do that if you prefer to support a cause rather than earn a few dollars yourself. What I would say is that most donation programs that people are familiar with, like the drop boxes that are in parking lots or or at different buildings, most of those have a significant amount of overhead. And so when you think about that donation, you think, oh, these shirts are going to a good cause. And yes, ultimately, maybe they are or the proceeds of them, but there's a significant amount of overhead charged to those charities, whereas the donation bag offering through ThreadUp, um, we actually don't charge any overhead. We, we essentially... Uh, You're donating the bag to a 501c3 to a charity, and then we're essentially buying the inventory from that charity, and they get all the proceeds of that purchase. So there's no additional overhead charged. It's really a question of, you know, where do you want the proceeds going? Uh, If you send a bag to us and earn dollars in your account, you can take those proceeds and directly donate those to charity, and you'll almost certainly be donating more dollars to that charity if you do it through that way versus through a bin in, in a parking lot. Interesting. And so it's not just people like me who are trying to clear out their closets that ThreadUp is working with. As I understand it earlier this year, you announced a partnership with Macy's and JCPenney to offer resale services to retailers. So what's the advantage of engaging retailers as well as consumers? Sure. We're, we're really excited about the partnerships that we're, we're building. And um, we've also partnered with Reformation and Koyana, and we're you know, in the process of engaging with more and more retailers and brands. Our big focus as we invest going forward is continuing to build this resale as a service platform where any retailer, any brand can plug into it and take advantage of what's offered in the circular economy and be a part of that. We're really excited about the different ways that retailers and brands can be a part of it. Uh, The Reformation and Koyana example is a way that brands can essentially co-brand and send out cleanout bags to their customers. And then when the suppliers earn credit for the items that they send into us, that's in a form of the brand's credit. So take Reformation as an example. You might earn $50 to spend on Reformation. Reformation adds a bonus. And then that person actually ends up spending almost double on, on Reformation's site with that. And so there's a real big incentive for the brands to be a part of it because they can provide a service with us Uh, to their customers, and then it brings more engagement with their customers with them. In terms of physical retailers, I think the the great thing with when our inventory is being displayed and sold through stores is it brings traffic because the inventory is so fresh and we can keep it fresh. We can keep fresh inventory coming into their stores every week versus the typical seasonal turnover that you see in, in stores. And so there's lots of different ways that you know retailers and brands can partner with us, and we're, we're open for business for engaging with more of them. Yeah, and it really provides that platform for these take-back programs that we're seeing a lot of the fast fashion companies try to engage with in order to take accountability for some of their overproduction. It's hard to kind of quantify that, but with ThreadUp, with these kind of incentivizing 
what was the word you used when you get money, like a credit towards that brand? Right. So you can earn dollars to spend on on ThreadUp. You could cash it out to your own account. But these brands that we're partnering with will also let you cash it out and get a bonus to spend it with them. And so there's different options as a supplier that you have. You mentioned like the the point of like quantifying the impact of of this. Like one of the things that through our resale report research we came up with and and realized is if everyone in the U.S. just bought one used item instead of new in 2019, it would save nearly six billion pounds of carbon emissions, and that's the equivalent of taking half a million cars off the road for one year. So it's a huge impact if you partake in the the circular and economy in apparel. Do you think that there's enough clothes out there already that we need to not make any more? You know, I think like the expression that comes from apparel and from fashion isn't going away. I don't I'm not um, so idealistic that I think we're going to get to a point where every item in your closet is secondhand and that there's that kind of domination. The role that we play is in helping brands as they think about the new clothes that they're they're creating, think about how to close the loop circularly. Think about how to make sure what they're making is durable and will last and be a part of that uh, resale economy such that it's a portion, a large portion of, of everyone's closet. And in terms of are there enough clothes out there, there's plenty of clothes out there that we don't need to keep pushing new as the only solution. But I think of it as secondhand being a key portion of everyone's closet, not the only portion. Yeah, absolutely. So recently, you made another interesting announcement, and that's that ThreadUp is using AI to find homes for the clothing on your platform. Um, As someone who's been interested in AI and the fashion industry for a really long time, um, I have to ask, how are you engaging AI? We, at our core, are a data company. So when you think about the vast amount of data that we've accumulated from all these items that we process, we'll process our hundred millionth item this fall. And each item, at least as far as the way we tag the data is essentially considered unique. And so as we've grown and gone down this path, we have our different algorithms that help us make decisions along the way, whether to accept an item for sale, how to price it, where it should be sold, whether in a retail space, online on our site, in on eBay, on multiple of these, these channels. Uh, we have a number of different algorithms helping us make those decisions and judge the, the viability of the products. Pricing is something that is also driven by these algorithms that help us predict the value and the likelihood of sale of an item and try to maximize value for suppliers. Interesting. And do you think in the future you'll be able to provide interesting data to retailers saying like, you know, black t-shirts are an item that often get recycled or donated or, you know, this type of thing so that retailers in the future can make better design decisions? I think so. I mean, we're already using that data as we think about engaging with local retailers for what types of items that we route to their stores in what locations, what geographies, for what demographics, and what's selling well in those areas. And so that's data that we're already using to power our activities, but I think ultimately it becomes a very valuable data source that's essentially almost objective or agnostic from the retailers that are generating the data because we have such a breadth of brands and customers. Yeah, and uh, we're talking to you from Canada right now. You're in the U.S. Are you available only in the U.S., or how how far is ThreadUp's reach? 
it's a good question. So today we are primarily in the U.S., although we do accept customers for buying and then um, we will ship to Canada. We definitely have talked about moving into Canada and moving further internationally, but it's not on the the near-term roadmap right now. Okay. So uh, we've talked about AI. Are there any other emerging technologies you're excited about when it comes to making the fashion industry more sustainable? Definitely. I think one of the things that um, we're definitely excited about is some RFID technology that we're working on to essentially allow us to partner with brands as they create their lines and then have every item essentially tagged and identified and partner with them in a way that perhaps we can actually do something like a buyback guarantee. And so customers that they are selling to realize the value of that item and can realize it back as they're done with it. Um, So I think that's one where I think it'll really unlock the ability for people to easily participate and then for a partner like us to be able to uh, facilitate those brands plugging into the resale economy. I think another area that's pretty exciting is, back to the AI question as well, is is the technology that we're working on to be able to use the imagery that we're generating to extract information like the categories and attributes, to use that and how it matches into things like the pricing and sell-through algorithms, and also to then personalize the journey for the customer. It's a huge task for our customers if we just give them 4 million items on the site and expect them to wait through them. And so using those technologies to keep advancing how we have the breadth of selection, but then narrow the the journey on the site or in the mobile apps such that it's easy and convenient to actually find the gems that you're looking for as you hunt. It's really interesting. Uh, The first point that you made, I wanted to ask you to elaborate on that a little bit. With the RFID tags, it's a really interesting concept because if you're buying a luxury handbag, let's say, you know that baked into the cost of what you're paying for it is that you'll be able to get money back for it down the line if you're done with it. Let's say if it's a Chanel handbag. The same isn't true for your average pair of jeans or t-shirt. So with the RFID tags, there is a big opportunity of there, I think, to have clothes enter the internet of things and so that we can kind of track and manage them as they kind of continue their life. (laughs) Um, So I guess it's more a comment than a question, but that's a very exciting area. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, time will tell how much, I guess, value gain comes from it in terms of the value that you can recover. But I think the at the core of it is also then a promise essentially from the brand to build items that can hold their value as in not just deteriorate after three uses, which, you know, is seems to be somewhat of a common design pattern in the fast fashion area where you're not expected to wear it multiple times or many times. And so we don't design it to be durable and that's just so wasteful. Yeah. And it's created a lot of the problems that we're seeing right now with the environment and with this kind of throwaway culture that we have when it comes to fashion. So it's interesting to see the rise of companies that are trying to include high performance fabrics and things that will stand the test of time, whether that's with you, the first consumer or in the secondhand market. So It's really interesting. As I understand it, you've had quite the interesting investment journey. In the early days, was it a challenge to get investors interested in reselling used clothing? For sure, for sure. The early days, is, I mean, you probably hear this from many different entrepreneurs that you talk to, is the early days as you're trying to convince people 
that there's going to be this change and people will buy more secondhand and it'll be on the rise just like fast fashion, even faster. And you're trying to like sell them on a vision that's out there that hasn't happened yet. There's, you know, skepticism and rightly so. There should be some skepticism. It took a while. I can't remember the exact number, but we talked to dozens of investors uh, through the process. And ultimately, Patricia Nakash from Trinity Ventures was the one who took the shot, believed in us, and, and could see the value that we were bringing to the market. And she's been a great partner ever since. Absolutely. And so as I understand it, you're going to be speaking at Where Conference coming up here in Toronto. What can we expect to hear from you? I'll be talking a little bit about what we talked about today on the podcast in terms of the platform we're building and and what it means for retailers, brands, and others to partner with us. But I'll also be diving into some of the, the impact on sustainability that we think we can have and what's you know in it for consumers and both suppliers and buyers to engage and take part in the circular economy. Fantastic. And how can people follow you and ThreadUp and stay in touch? Sure, yeah. I mean, on, on Twitter, you've got at Chris Homer is probably the best way to follow me at ThreadUp. There's no A in ThreadUp. At ThreadUp on Twitter, you can follow ThreadUp. And then also we're on Instagram and, and Facebook under ThreadUp as well. Great. We're going to put all the links on Electric Runway so that our audience can link to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you very much. It was great to talk to you. That was my conversation with Chris Homer, the CTO and co-founder of ThreadUp. To check out the blog post accompanying this episode with additional links and further reading, I invite you to visit www.electricrunway.com and click on podcasts. Be sure to follow us on social media. We're at electric underscore runway. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, tell us a friend and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps listeners like you find content like ours. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future.